It was called Fins, Fems, and Gems. I just about shot myself. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic name. It's a great name. Um, BTW. So rules for me, like, am I no swearing? I can swear. No, oh, you can, we can totally swear. swear. Okay. Oh, yeah. That's so uh, we, exciting. Swearing, dick jokes, stupid jokes, fantastic graphics. I'm yeah. Literally, I am literally twenty percent dick jokes. Okay, so, so yeah, you'll fit in great. very well then. Okay, good. Yeah, I yeah. literally <laughs> said the phrase. It's a vag first sort of stance good. on one, so I was just good, yeah. good, 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 good. good. Definitely things I have done and said before. Yeah. Um, okay, great. <laughs> cool. All right. No one runs us, so we can do Yeah, we we're not on a network, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, of We're course. just like... Yeah. yeah. We can say things like, oh, um, what do you say? Decapitated is dick? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I meant to say castrated, I said decapitated. <laughs> no, I mean, decapitating one's dick is... <laughs> Like it kind of works still. It still works. Yes, and the I dick think, might not work, but you know, no, 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 fair. Um, but like, I think, yeah, I mean, because the castration element, it just sounds much more violent somehow than decapitated. I don't know why. <laughs> We've been recording this. We're going to keep it in because this is great. <laughs> please, please do. Yeah, this is this is fantastic. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to Warriors, Fires, and Brews. I'm Sarah. I'm Chloe, and you can tell we have a guest today. This is going to be fantastic. <laughs> Andrea Horner is here. Uh, hey, Andrea. Hi. <laughs> Andrea is the author of Buffy St. Marie, the authorized biography. I just sound professional now. And we ought to know how four women ruled the 90s and changed Canadian music. I will say, read that book. It is so fucking good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Wait, which one? The I've, 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 I haven't read Buffy's yet. but Okay, I've, fine. I'm, I'm sure it's good, though. I'm just going to say the Buffy one's pretty good, too. Okay. But... <laughs> I know. I haven't read that one yet. I seriously really do have to read it. I really want no, to. No, it's fine. You're good. I'm but... just teasing you. No, but I, I, just I, like I genuinely to... really want to. I actually have a copy of We Ought to Know on my iPad. So. Aw, thanks. <laughs> thanks. Uh, Andrea is a freelance writer, uh, also an associate producer at CBC Music. So we have like a legitimate person here. Uh, <laughs> Look, could... I'm only there two days a week. I am like... <laughs> I, what does that make me, like, 40% legitimate? Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. so I'm 40% legitimacy. That's more than we are. A theater critic at the Georgia Strait, a radio columnist, the co-host of the weekly podcast Pop This, which I'm excited to guest on at some point. I'm very excited to have you. Uh, her pronouns are she, her, and hers, and she is a settler who was born and raised in Vancouver on the unceded traditional territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh First Nations. Pop culture, art, and feminism make her happy, and you are on all social media at... Underscore no. Andrea Warner? No, that okay. would be too simple. Okay. But, I mean, whatever. Like, it's Twitter is like underscore Andrea Warner. Instagram is like Miss Andrea Warner. Oh, okay. Facebook is just an Andrea Warner author page. You know, okay. whatever. So basically, if they look up Andrea Warner, they can probably find you. Yeah, there's like every once in a while, because like I'm one of those obnoxious writers who has a Google alert on my name. And this is just something... I have one, too, and I have done nothing of note. Okay, great. Well, I mean, like, everyone should have a Google alert on their name. Um, Just just to keep track of what people are writing, either possibly about you or using your name. I mean, that's a very good idea. There are a few different Andrea Warners, and, like, I I sometimes get, like, um, I think there's, like, a real estate agent or whatever. There was... This woman got in touch with me um, a couple years ago because she was like, oh, my God, yeah, when your book came out... Uh, your first book came out. I was getting so many congratulations, and I had to figure out what was going on. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Sorry you got all those messages. Uh, but also, mm, tell me. Um, <laughs> yeah, what did they say? Can I you want, pass those I out? Want to, I want to know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, tell me more. <laughs> Give me the validation. Um, but then occasionally, like, someone will have committed, like, some, you know, heinous crime, um, or someone has a very boring job. They're like... She's a reporter for like uh, Income Tax Weekly. Small, yeah, like Income Tax <laughs> Weekly or something. Like it's just it's very dull. So there are a lot of Andrea Warners, and 
none of us seem to do exactly the same thing. Is that better or worse than having the same name as a porn star? Well, I mean, I do show up number one in the rankings, so I think okay. that's important. If I was a porn star, well, if I personally was a porn star, I'd also like to think I'd show up number one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the goal. Really. Yeah, I mean, I always want to be the best at what I'm doing. Um, and Absolutely. who I'm doing, you know, yeah. blah, blah, yeah, yeah, blah, yeah, yeah. all those jokes. Um, but I think, like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm glad that I don't have, like, a really super basic name. Like, Andrea Warner already feels fairly basic, but, like, if it was, like, John Smith, or, like, my, yeah. my brother-in-law, his name is Brian Smith. I'm like, oh. that is basic. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah. and no judgment on you. Oh. It's not your fault, but, like, yeah, so basic. It's just, like, a, yeah, a yeah. kind of name. Fortunately, yeah. there aren't a lot of Chloe's sort of in my age range, it's mostly like little children. So, oh yeah, I've only ever known a good Chloe, and I've also only ever known a good Sarah. No, oh. like it's not like it's not like some I've known like uh, I've known like bad Nancys. You know, like everyone everyone has a bad Nancy somewhere in their lives. But I'm thinking of the craft. <laughs> <laughs> the only Nancy I know is very lovely. Wait, no, I know two. They're both very lovely. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's really great. Yeah. yeah. But I do definitely have some names where it's like four of them are just terrible people. Yeah. That's that's tough. Yeah. That's tough. I've known a couple good Debs, but also a couple real not great Debs. My mom's Your mom's. Oh, mom's is a cool she a good Deb? Deb? Yeah, she's good a Deb? good Deb. That's nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. She, she would approve of the wine we have tonight. Yeah. That's, yeah. This conversation, in case you couldn't tell, this conversation has been brought to you by half a bottle of wine. Um, so one thing I like about your podcast is the merchandise you guys have that says strong female character. Yes. Which yes. is, we're actually going to do like one of episodes about our favorite strong female characters. Nice. So one thing we wanted to ask you is who was your kind of gateway strong female character? Because Zena clearly was for, for us. Yeah. Um, mine, like, and I will say that like, Whenever I think of a strong female character, I don't necessarily think of a character that is specifically just strong or fierce. Like, oh, I think yeah. I think of a, like, strong female character as being a, just a character who's a woman with personality. That's, and exactly. that's how low the bar is <laughs> no, in but, pop culture. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. I actually yeah. had this conversation with Sarah the other day about how, yeah. you know, we, when we were talking about playing this episode, and I we, that was something we wanted to ask you, because yeah. definitely... For us, like, a strong female character isn't just, like, brawn. Like, you no. know, Xena's brawn, but there's also a lot to her. Yeah, um, and I think it can be, like, complicated. It can be, like, like full of anxiety or full of worry or full of, like, what. As long as there's, like, a lot of stuff going on mm-hmm. internally and that agency, I think, is so yep. important. Um, and, I mean, sometimes a strong female character can be someone who goes, like, their journey, their character arc is to go from being... Someone who has very little agency to someone who reclaims that, you know, and and centers that. My gateway strong female character, though, um, she was badass from the beginning. It's Miss Piggy. Yes! Ah. Like, she was everything to me. Like, I'm literally working on a book proposal right now uh, for a collection of essays, like, about and interrogating, like, Miss Piggy and, like, all of the great things as well as a lot of the problematic elements of of her and what what she means to the world. And me, and uh, just as, like, sort of central to my whole existence. Because, yeah, it's 100% Miss Piggy. Um, she, especially, like, when, so apparently, and I don't remember this specifically, but my paternal grandfather would tell me all the time that um, he was so sad that I hadn't gone into acting 
because my Miss Piggy um, impression was so spot. Like, apparently I talked in her voice. <laughs> I tried to, like, always have, like, an outfit that was, like, a little bit similar in as much as I could. My parents dressed me in these, like, a lot of 80s terrible fashion in the... Oh, Because like, yeah. I was born in 1979. So, from the ages of three to five, I guess, this is what I am told by my family, is um, that I, like... like like, people would say, like, oh, what's your name? And I'd be like, I'm Miss Piggy. <laughs> and, oh and like, and this is one of my grandma's favorite stories to tell about me, is that we were in the park, and this one was like, oh, that's, and she did that whole scenario, and she was like, oh, that's so fun, you're pretending to be Miss Piggy, you're playing at being Miss Piggy, and I was like, no, <laughs> I am Miss Piggy, and I wouldn't talk to her after. Like, apparently I was so rude to her, and my grandma was so embarrassed, and, but at the same time, like, kind of secretly proud. And so I think that that is, like, if that's, like, that is honest to me, like, the clearest indication of exactly who I would become as an adult. Um, <laughs> is just, like, when I was three, I knew, deep down, that, like, no, I am Miss Piggy. That and, is, um, yeah. I feel like I probably had to have one before Xena, because I didn't start watching Xena until I was probably, like, 13 or something. But when yeah. I was a kid, I was also super into The Little Mermaid, which is oh, not, really? not exactly, like, the best, uh... Well, were you... Pro Ariel or pro Ursula? Because that's that's the that's there's, the, there's the question. That's the question that's, right there. That's like, the thing I loved Ursula as a villain, but I was definitely like really into Ariel. I've always been into mermaids. Know, I could just be the gay thing though. Yeah, I mean, I think that's more it than You're just like shell titties. I was like, I was like a beautiful shell titties. <laughs> a beautiful all. mermaid under the sea, and she sings. But I think you know what I okay. So this is another. This, you've touched on another real touchstone for me. Um, but, so to this day, uh, there are, like, I don't know, seven to ten songs that live in my head all the time. And, um, Ariel's song is one of the songs that lives in my head all the time. Like, look at this world. stuff, yeah. isn't yeah. it neat? Yeah. yeah. And I will sing this song all the time in the car when I'm driving with my husband. <laughs> and he's really, he's really gotten, he's even learned the words, like, he's super <laughs> into it now. Um... But I, so I think of, I think of the line in the song, because I also really liked The Little Mermaid as well, when I was a, a little kid, and um, I think of the line in the song about, like, you know, um, uh, telling your daughters, bright young women sick of swimming, ready to stand. stand yeah. yeah. And I really, I think Ariel oftentimes gets kind of, um, she gets kind of thrown under the bus. A little bit, yeah. Um, because people are really super into Ursula, and I am super into Ursula. Oh, God, like, I'm yeah. here for that sort of depiction um, and that sort of, like, contrast of, like, beautiful, tiny, like, uh, helpless mermaid um, and yeah. then, like, you know, monstrous sea creature uh, and, you know, because she's fat. And so I'm, like, I'm into that contrast of those two things. Also, I will say m one of my earliest um, childhood crushes when I was a kid was Alyssa Milano. And I had posters of her all over my bedroom. Like, I wanted to be her so badly. And the fact that the guy who drew Ariel, uh, basically, he allegedly based her on Alyssa yeah. Milano, um, was always, I think, a thing for me as well in my head. Anyway, um, but that, all that is to say is that I think, like, Ariel is a strong female character. Like, I yeah. think she, I, I think it's been reframed for me in my life that deciding to choose to reject it's as if you grew up as like a hardcore christian yeah and you decide you want to see the world for yourself 
and your family tells you no, you can't. This is all Ariel was doing. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, and, and I do appreciate that she like stood up to her father and all that. Yeah, and yeah. that you, you know that shows gumption or something. It does, and yeah. I know she did it for like the love of Prince Eric or whatever. But like, I don't think that was her sole motivating factor. I think I don't that think was so either. I think that that was her trigger, which yep. is fine. Everyone needs something to make you want to do it, you know. And I don't. Yeah, so I don't mean trigger in like the the no no typical way that we use it right now. Um, but just that was like, that was what sort of the catalyst, excuse yeah. me, there you, go. you know? And like, I just think there's something really powerful and I've come to appreciate there's something very powerful about a young woman being able to articulate, um, her feelings of lust and love, uh, and that agency as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, I get, I, I like the. Ariel is a strong female character. So if we do an, an episode with Little Mermaid, do you want to come over and watch it with us? Of course, 100%. Okay. Yeah, hey, I haven't watched great. it in so long, and I love <laughs> it so much. And, I mean, I'm constantly revisiting Ursula Clips online, and I have listened to, um, um, look at this stuff, isn't it? Um, that song. Uh, Part of Your World. Part of Your World, thank you. Um, see, I only, I only sing it from start to finish, but I, half the words I don't know anymore. <laughs> so every once in a while, I will play it in full and just try and remember what all the words are, but I don't, but... <laughs> But yeah, man, I love singing that song. Oh, so do I. Oh, I mean, I so just good. like sat in front of my TV and sang along for ages and ages and ages. <laughs> but Chloe came to visit me uh, when I was living in Halifax. I don't know what's, I don't know how this even started, but we ended up driving to the movie store, the 24-hour movie store on Quinpool, and renting The Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. Oh, so good. And coming back to my, my slightly empty house and eating ice cream and watching Disney movies until we like three We weren't even the... high. No. We weren't even high. Look, you and don't was, need to be high. You don't need to be high to sort of have that. And I mean, like we were talking before we started recording, just even about like the slight age difference between each of us. So like, uh, like I'm seven years older than you, Chloe, and like I still have all of those sort of similar touchstones. I think my cousins were all like significantly younger than me, and so and I, then I did a lot of babysitting, so I watched a ton of shows and. My uh, my cousin that I'm closest to is 15 years younger than me. So, oh wow! Um, so I grew up with like oh my God. I went to a Haley Duff concert. Holy like shit. I mean, like not I, Hillary, but Haley. Uh, oh no, wait, it was Hillary. Sorry, okay. you're right. You're like, right. Okay, shit. I was like, which one was it? No, it's Hillary. You're right. <laughs> but I think Haley opened for her. That doesn't surprise me. Now that I mention it, like I think, or you mention it, yeah, no, that that might have happened. But yeah, it definitely was at Hillary. That's. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I mean, not that I liked her, but it's really given me an appreciation for Hilary Duff as I've gotten older. You know, and one of the things I really like about our friend circle is that we have friends who are wildly differing in age from both of us on both sides of the spectrum. So yeah, yeah. I feel like you really get this sort of like well-rounded experience of the world when oh you have God, that. Oh my God, I really love it great. Yeah. so much. I have recently become friends with like people who are like between 18 and 23. And I, this is very young for me. Like, I, like these are... Like, my cousin, who had been my youngest person for a long time, is now 25. And so now I've got people who are, like, even younger than her in my life. And I love them so much. But partly I think it's because, one, I'm just so inspired by young people. I think young people are so fucking cool. And they're really going to save us. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I get into fights with, like, older white feminists all the time. I'm just like, you are the part of the problem Yeah, now. you're pretty pretty. You're a big part of the problem. Oh my god, this is what happens. Um, yeah, no, like young people, and I just like, and especially like in my like sort of, I'm thinking about like my writer community specifically. There are just so many young voices that are doing so many great things, and for all of us to share these like sort of cultural touchstones across generations, 
I mean, frankly, did I ever, I never played, um, what's that thing where you're like walking around and you're trapping stuff? Um, Pokemon? Pokemon? So yeah, I never did that, and I haven't done Pokemon Go. I'm playing Pokemon Go. (laughs) Carlos does all the time, Um, and he plays it with my niece, and they go out for like walks, and they trap Pokemons. That's nice. Um, It's so nice. It's so nice. But like, that was never my thing, and what, Poliwogs? Is that a thing? Wait, no. Pogs? Pogs! Thank yeah. you! Oh my god, Pollywogs. See, I was right at that age where yeah. Pogs were a thing. Uh, but yeah, Pogs group. were not my thing, yeah. so yeah. that's like, I'm, that's a missing point. But Pogs for me were like a currency. Yes. Yeah. See, not, yeah. But that's the thing, like, I mean, that's the, like, one of the evils of, like, as much as Disney culture is an evil thing, ultimately, um, it's also a really kind of great unifier, because it, like, yeah. does kind of bring us together, and, like, it crosses these generations and it's um you know just the fact that like i am going to be like part of my niece who is now 10 discovering like alice in wonderland for the Would first you say time you're part of her world oh, <laughs> part of her world oh my god yeah and like all these live action like disney redresses and i'm just oh my god i'm yeah 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 i'm kind of a little bit into it not a hundred percent, but a little bit. Didn't love the Beauty and the Beast one, and I, I looking back, you're right. I, there probably was some someone before Xena for me, and it was Belle from Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, because she was, was the, one the bookish, well. the yeah. bookish, the bookish and... one who didn't have a lot of friends. So I was like, oh, that kind of hits close to a nerve. Mm. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Not one fair. of my uh, funniest uh, home movies uh, that my family has is me as like a, I don't know, I'm like seven. And I, for my birthday, I'd just gotten, like, bell things, so I'm, I still have buck teeth at this point, and I'm <laughs> sitting on the floor, and you guys can't see what arm motion I'm doing, but it's very darky, and I'm sitting on the floor, and I'm just going, I have a whole collection of Beauty and uh, the Beast things! Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. so happy. <laughs> Look, what's not to be happy about like that? My God, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah, we, I was, I, I did have a few friends, I was always, like, the fun sleepover house, because we had all the Disney movies. Yeah. Because I had an uncle who lived in Toronto, and whenever they were released, he would just mail them home, like the special release things. There you go. Yeah. For the children. Um, so my mother's like, yeah, I remember like laying in bed at two in the morning and hearing Under the Sea start up, or like you singing along to <laughs> Ursula, or yeah. like The Lion King, and I, just, I had the stereo on, so like my dad's a big tech nerd, so he would like run the VCR sound through the stereo, yeah. and I didn't realize how loud it was one night, so I had The Lion King starts off with that. Yeah. My mother just bolt upright, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> she's Lion, Lion King, Lion King, okay. Right. Oh my god. The Lion King came out in 1996? Something like that. I Something had braces, so I was, around yeah. Then, yeah. Okay, so it came, it came out, like, the same year that I studied Hamlet. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's very fitting. And, this is gonna be a little more tragic, and the same year my father died. Oh, oh shit. And, so, this movie fucked me up. Oh, yeah. Like, oh my god. And I still love it to this day, but, like, holy shit, this movie killed me. And, like, it was, and, oh, man, it was, it was, like, to say that a Disney movie really arrives at a, at a, just a, just a real inopportune time in your life, like, (laughs) holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, the Lion King, I have, I have such a, an interesting and complicated and, like, wonderful relationship with the Lion King. Have you ever seen the musical? No. Uh, no. It makes me so mad. So it's beautiful and it's a spectacle and it's wonderful on that level. But they've added songs that were oh. not written by Tim Rice and Elton John. Oh. And, like, I'm not saying all of The Lion King is <laughs> genius, 
But this, like, most of the songs are fairly good. Like, yes, cultural appropriation up the wazoo, sure thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But, like, but like aside from that, they're, like, relatively fine songs. These songs are terrible. Like, the ones they've added to the actual, like, musical that's on, you know, traveling around and on Broadway yeah. and stuff, awful. That kind of reminds me of the Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. I read the the, screen, the the script, I guess, of the play, and I was just like, well, that was, like, bad fan fiction. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. what are you going to do? I mean, J.K. Rowling, though, she deserves that at this point, though. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's she's given so much and taken away so much goodwill. Literally, no one on the internet has asked. Dumbledore had very graphic gay sex with Grindelwald. <laughs> Nobody wanted to know that. I mean... Nobody needed to know that. We look, all assumed it, but, like, Jesus. I'm okay with knowing that, but I want proof. So, if I don't get, like, four paragraphs of the hottest penthouse, like, just descriptions like, of just a their of... suck and fuck session, then I am not. I want a lot of wand puns and jokes. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I was about to say give it to us, but then that was too dirty for me to give this conversation. So. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to probably look back on the suck and fuck as a moment I should have held my tongue. Like, oh no, no, that's, that's totally, yeah, that's totally fine. We've said worse things, that's, that's all good. But I just, like, she just, she just, like, I don't know, do you think she's just so rich now that she's kind of, like, I don't think she cares anymore. Well, I mean, I feel like she's just kind of, like, out of touch a little, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. Like, just, just real, real... Not wanting to do a lot of the work, of, and not not a lot of humility around no. awareness. Like, it is very different. I went, I, this is completely, I went and saw Michelle Obama speak last oh, night yeah. for her book tour, and now that is, like, one of the most, like, humble, cool, fascinating, interesting women in the world who really never, ever, ever wants anyone to forget what her origin story is. Yeah. It feels like she stays so, like, deeply connected to her roots. She feels, like, it feels like she has stayed very real. Like, she's not refused to sort of, like, just believe all the hype around her as well. Like, you know, even though she's, like, a very, like, easily hypeable person. Yep. Um, and, yeah, I was just... And then thinking of, like, someone like J.K. Rowling, who, like, just is completely uninterested in, like, contending with feedback. Yeah. At all, at ever. all, ever, yeah. at all, ever, and I was just like, mm, no. I'm like, she's just living in her castle on a pile of money now, and it's just like, yes, today the, the wizards will have sex. Send tweet, but that's a th- <laughs> yeah, and that, I think that does come down to the key difference between like white feminists and like feminists yeah. of color. Yeah, it's just like ugh, white feminists really become our own poison, and I say that as like a white woman, I think you really have to do like so much sort of like constant reflection all the time. Oh and, yeah. like be thankful for when you're called in, and like be thankful for. Um, someone spending time trying to like offer you feedback and education. Agreed, like, and that takes so ugh. much energy to offer that feedback. Too, it does. So, it does, especially like, because you know the people who are offering this feedback probably have to do it all the time for all a the lot time. Of people, so. Absolutely, like I just and it's such a risk for people who are offering that feedback. Yeah. You know, like I just, I don't know. I just, I really, ugh, white women. I'd like <laughs> us to be better. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> white cis straight white women specifically over here. I would, <laughs> I would like us to be better. 
Yeah, and I th- I think there's there is the trend moving moving that way. And I mean, looking at something, I'm just going to bring us back to Aphrodite because this is what we're going to talk about. Oh, um, sure, we've got an episode to actually yeah. talk about, <laughs> yeah. not just us going on about. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know. No, it's okay. This but this be is a long one. It's all good. Yeah, no, the, our guest episodes are always really long. But I look at someone like Aphrodite, who is just like '90s Valley Girl stereotype. But does have some level of agency and is still... But, you know, even then in this, she is still, like, the blonde idiot. Oh, but she's very clever, though. They portray her as the blonde idiot. Well, but yeah. she is pretty but smart. But she's yeah. very clever. Yeah. I mean, I thought the depth of her... Uh, what she was identifying within the people and then casting her spell for them to have to confront... <laughs> it's it's great. I was like, well, this is much deeper than, <laughs> like, like, what we get up front is this... <laughs> amazing hair and outfit and like just some real I don't know if it's like the actors dark areolas that are coming through the cups but I was just like so distracted by the bodice the whole time I've never noticed which is very unusual oh my god okay like when you start this I just want I was like what is happening like did they dye her nipples indigo before like or is this like real weird shadow placement i wasn't anyway oh no i'm very curious I mean, I'm yeah just fire that back up um but yeah i was just like so they they give her like this attempt at sort of like vapidness but then they make it a, so much more complex what yeah. she is doing anyway i was i was as someone who's coming to this with minimal xena knowledge like really truly minimal xena knowledge outside of my general knowledge of pop culture um, this was a fascinating episode. Oh, yeah. I'm glad we picked this one with it. Yeah. Fins, Fems, and Gems. I will never get tired of that title. Oh, I can't say it, which is the unfortunate thing. Like, it's very hard <laughs> for me to say. It's just like it moves to the back of your throat uh-huh. too many times. Yeah. Just do it. I ever, yeah. All right. Should I, should I start it? Or? Please. All right. <laughs> She's going to be at the convention, too. Oh, my God. We get a you guys, free, free autograph with Because her. we bought the, the, was it the gold pass? The gold we package. Cause we bought the gold package. That's what she said. Um, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. this is, I just yeah like the so do you see? Oh, there the, it is. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't. I think maybe it's the bra. I think it's the bra. Yeah, I think it's definitely the bra. Yeah. Okay. But it's definitely very aggressive. It is so aggressive. I just yeah I I <laughs> yeah it's just it's a lot. It's a lot. Brody. <laughs> I love how yeah. she, she's seriously Brody like a nineties valley girl and it's Grace. And I love how she comes in, like, she's going to the office, like, check the mail. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, what do they bring me now? <laughs> yeah, I, like, and what a, what an outfit to wear to the office. I love it. <laughs> so is it like it's a, oh, what's that <laughs> generic villain of the week guy? He's always here. Is he there all the time? Uh, he's, he's, he's been, been on the show a bunch oh, okay, of times. Okay. Yeah. different people, different villain guys. Well the, well, the guy next to him has a real terrible haircut. Oh, yeah. The amount of bad haircuts on the show is astounding. Like, I just... I don't know. Oh, my God. Who's the actress there? Alexandra Tidings or something her name is. She looks familiar to me. She's been in a few things. And by the way, I know it is terrible that the uh, villains are usually people of color on the show. That's well, definitely a thing. I mean, I'm I'm guessing for the '90s, it was probably like I mean, at least people of color getting jobs. Like it was kind of one <laughs> yeah. of those like, yeah, honestly, because like, like rando New Zealanders. Yeah, yeah. but still, mm. no, it's I mean, yeah, no, it's not it's not ideal. It's not ideal. 
It's very much one, one of those things where they're either the villains or the people who teach Xena and Gabrielle things. Mm. Yeah. She was also in Party of Five. Okay. Oh. Maybe that checks out. Uh, and The Wire. Okay. And The Wire? The Wire, one episode. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, do you see the dark? Yeah. Okay, thank yeah. you. It I... looks like they put like gems or something just to really point out that this is where her nipples would be. <laughs> it's so weird to me. I mean, this is a very boob-focused outfit. No, no, I get it. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, she's yeah. she's in a she yeah she's in a tiny outfit for sure. I just noticed the little armband too. Like, uh-huh. as if she needs that as like any sort of like warrior, just to make sure that she's got muscles and not an ounce of arm fat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what I've always thought armbands are for. Yeah, I think so. To prove how tiny yeah. they are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Although I have to say, when I some of these some of these shots, she kind of looks pregnant. And I was like, oh, is she a pregnant person? Cool, that's neat. But then, no, she wasn't. No, I think it's just the unfortunate outfit. Yeah, and the angle. Now, Xena's outfit is, I think, very interesting. Yeah. Also, uh, useless armbands. Yes. I never understood the point of the armbands, because up on your biceps, like, either don't have them or have, like, half-sleeve armor, because they're not going to save you when you're in a sword fight. Yeah, like, I'm guessing... I don't know what, I mean, other than just being like, we can show this much skin. Do you think yeah, it's, like, it's, rules around that? Of, like... Probably. When they started looking at the... I love, love, love... At one point, she says something like, they can't... That's not possible to do it, or something? I can't remember. There's some, Gabrielle gets a great line coming out. <laughs> and this is, like, the triple X. The triple X. There's nothing like, subtle. I have never noticed that before. I don't know how that's possible. I've seen this episode, like, 70 times. That's, yeah. That's a lie. It's been, like, six. But they're, No, they're, like, as soon as I saw the touching of the, like, um, the weird the, the genital pole? stuff. Yeah. Like, this is, oh, like, yeah, that's not sutra. humanly possible. That's not humanly possible. Like, I just, I was like, they, <laughs> they chose like, this oh. episode for me. <laughs> Zena's like, yeah, it is. Yeah. Gabrielle's like, well, let's fucking try it then. Yeah. Yeah. Gabrielle's like, she's been busy. Yeah. I have to say that she's pretty full of herself. Oh, really? Yeah, I like a little vengeance spell. That's actually one of my favorite yeah. conceits of anything. Ever, and especially again, the fact that like they take this in the direction that they do, which is like, <laughs> I feel underappreciated as a sidekick. Like I was like, oh my god, this is so tender. Yeah, I, it is really tender. The show is extremely tender. Yeah, all the time. And this like this, this whole like Xena like being so judgy and like Aphrodite's like, yeah, well, whatever, bitch. <laughs> Double dose for you. I really. And then eventually, when they were like, oh, this isn't about fish, this is about my relationship with my, my brother. brother. <laughs> so deep. I yeah. was just like, well, thank Christ they spelled that out for me, because honestly, there is a lot of weird fish stuff happening in this. Oh my God. I fucking lost it when she describes fisting the throats of the fish. Oh my God. I no. seriously, we're watching the, my best friend, Julia and I are watching this with her four year old son, Sam. <laughs> oh God. And I was just killing myself. I was like, this is amazing. I love it. I love it. I love they, it. They definitely snuck in a lot of like, like adult lowbrow humor. Oh my God. It's, I mean, I worked, I don't know if you know this, I have a background in chat lines. I worked yeah, in yeah. chat lines for like two years or a yeah. year and a half. And so, I mean, you name the dick joke, the fisting joke, whatever. Like, I mean, I have 
I have heard it. I have made it. I have probably written and illustrated it. And I just, like, this is... Yeah, this is really... So, one thing I didn't know, though. So, does Xena have specific powers aside from, like, strength? Uh, no. Okay. There's some but debate. she does have a power... Like, strength is a power? There's a little bit of debate on whether or not she's somewhat of a god, because there is some fandom debate and between us if Ares is her father. Okay. So she might be like part god? I think it's pretty established that she's probably a demigod of some sort. Okay. But, yeah. But I mean, she, mostly, she definitely doesn't adhere to human laws of physics. Mostly okay. she's just really strong, I think. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it's like, she has that little wheel thingy that does the some chakram, damage. Yeah. yeah. And so that seems like it would be kind of like partly god related or, or like a god related or yeah something. No, I think she's just supposed to be really good at throwing it she's really good at throwing it but i think some of that comes from the inherent abilities within her that, okay you know, yeah because like you can't really cause like a rock slide just dinging a no. silver frisbee off of. <laughs> i wouldn't think so anyway. yeah no. unless she's so incredibly strong xena has many skills though okay yeah no i mean that it makes sense like i just yeah, I and I love Lucy Lawless so much. Like, I love her too. Oh my god, so much. she's great. Her comedic I'm, timing is amazing. I'm probably like a hundred percent gonna cry when I meet her. As long as that happens, and she's not filming something else, by the way, like I'm gonna be a mess. Like I'm gonna Whoa, lose it. She better be there. Like oh I, god, I just found that poster at the fan expo. Oh nice. I was just I won a VIP pass, so I was like, I'm going. I'm gonna find a thing. I was like, yeah. sure, I was I was there early Sunday walking for two hours going through every poster every book everything wow. and I saw that and I was just like I'm gonna get this and I texted to Chloe but you didn't get the picture and I was like oh it'll be a surprise then and like, my phone just kept like I have Bob's burgers is my ring to my text message Bob going oh my god He's just, oh my god oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I got really excited <laughs> oh my god was Xena part of like the um like you guys getting to know each other when you first met? Like, no, that not was really. That was not foundational was, to no, your relationship. It was Tori, Tori Amos and Kate Bush. Oh. Well, okay, so <laughs> so fair. Yeah. And so Xena as like a third, smooth third coming yeah. right in there. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Tori Amos, Kate Bush, uh, Kathy Edwards, um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Xena, uh, and then what else? We, I met when, when I was in St. Effects, uh, my third year, I met you, and then we started talking on MSN Messenger. Nice. <laughs> so we would just, like, sit there and, like, chat all day. It was, like, you know, in between classes and writing papers and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we've actually known each other since 2004. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, I love how with this, like, Xena becomes, like, such the stereotypical, like, man in her relationship to fishing. She's like, let's go fish! Like, oh. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that, like, like if... If, if we read Xena and Gabrielle as sort of being in a quasi-relationship, like, Gabrielle gets to be sort of, like, slightly more femme, and Xena gets to be sort of slightly, if if you need to have a butch femme dichotomy, um, which you don't have to, but, like, if you do, then Definitely, yes. yeah. Definitely Xena gets to read. Definitely about season five. And then, did they switch? Uh, not they switch, switch, but they sort of evened yeah. out. It became more, more yeah. equal, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, and I mean, like, and this is part of like, what we said earlier, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like... So, again, not having a lot of experience with this show, but knowing that it has, like, a giant queer fan base, yeah, and knowing how important it is to so many different people, um, but particularly... 
uh, you know, queer women and non-binary folks, and I just was... It's just the way I remember. I was like... This is so overt. This is amazing. Yep. How did I not know that this was happening on my television in the late 90s, early 2000s? Like, Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure I've said this on this podcast before, but I explicitly remember my mother asking me when I was about 14 if um, they were together. And I didn't even really think about like gay people Just then really I didn't really realize that I was gay I was like still in that point where I'm like because that's like what you're supposed to think I was like ew gay people are bad but obviously still yeah, yeah. watch this going like ooh, ooh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah so there's like a lot going on with this show and me but um yeah. But I, and I, I was just like, no, there's no way. And then I was like, no, Gabrielle was just, you know, impregnated by the spirit of this demon. And then Zena had to, like, help her. And, like, this is the thing that happens. Yeah, this is not This is what we just talked about in the last episode. Well, but I was like. <laughs> I mean, impregnating unwilling women is kind of like a common theme in comic books and mytholo- like mythology shows. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I, I think that's I, how half the Greek gods came to be. Oh, it's, well, I mean, yeah, it's just like rape legacy there. But yeah. like, yeah, I just like, oh god. But the thing is, this this sort of impregnation uh, leads to this the, the so-called rift in the relationship, which is very clear, like romantic relationship strife. Yeah. Oh. Like, is that level of intensity? Yeah. So my mom wow. was watching this with me and was like. Same with my mom. Like, there's a yeah. musical episode where they sing about their feelings for one another and, like, and the, how there's... Come on, Gabrielle, let's get wet. Work through yeah, yeah, all yeah. this, and then they end the episode, like, hugging each other, like, rolling in each other's arms on the beach in the water. Like, that's how well, it ends. I mean, when she, when she, like, rescues her from drowning, yeah. like, I mean, she's just pulling her by her boobs. Oh, yeah. Which is great. Um, and... I and honestly like when they're just like just like when they're sort of even at the end they're just like lying head to head it's like it's beautiful it's lovely it's so beautiful it's why I will defend the show to the ends of the earth I'm like look I know it's silly I know yeah. it's the campiest fucking thing that's ever been on TV yeah like Jockster thinks he's a monkey like yeah <laughs> but I mean it's still important like it okay. matters. Yeah. Totally yeah. matters. <laughs> just... You have to show me from here. There's still a need to stay on dry air. And just like I mean, Lucy Lawless is fucking beautiful. Oh she's oh so like gorgeous. Oh my god. I've been in love with her for a long time. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> oh my god. This is my favorite. This she's is... literally Not just fisting the fish. <laughs> <laughs> the, the basketball throw she oh, does. so good. <laughs> She's just like flexing her fingers here. It's really this succulent fish. <laughs> the finger wiggle is amazing. This is honest to God. episodes of the show full stop by the way this is i love this don't kink shame me yeah i know that's like it's just oh my god there's so much happening here it's 
Oh, and she, two fish. She's she's double fisting. Twins. <laughs> Twins, she Twins. says. Twins. Well, she holds like, them kind of by her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my god. So good. So good. I feel bad for whoever was underneath the water shoving fish under her hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had a job as a, as a props, props master on Zeno. What are you going to do? I'm going to sit underwater and shove fish under Lucy Lawless's hands. She, she, Who she wants to fist a fish. <laughs> <laughs> like the dialogue is insane and hilarious and great, all of it. I can totally do without the monkey. Oh, we can do like, without him most of the episode. most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can do without yeah. jokes or yeah, all the time. Yeah, it's so you can tell like it's one of those things that like they're just like, well, we have to. We have to provide, like, a male yeah. so that, like, men can watch this show and find something to identify with. And I feel Pretty like much, yeah. him in the dress is, like, a little... Mm-hmm. Him in the dress is certainly one of those things that's, like, attempted... I don't know. Like, I'm always curious as to, like, how much of it is damaging in terms of, like, trying to, like, you know, just play it up as, like, laughs. And how much of it is... Because he doesn't feel ashamed of it. No. Yeah. I've I, always like, kind of wondered about how offensive it is. I don't know. I'm like... It's it's probably not the worst, probably not the best. I mean, yeah. I mean, like, certainly it's not for for me to decide, but, like, no. I always think, like, even just something as, like, horrible and problematic as, like, um, Three's Company and, like, Bosom Buddies. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. these shows, like, that really are, like, very just terrible portrayals of all kinds of different things. There was still a certain element of, like, introducing... Even like like the the commentary more so is on how these like like Mr. Roper and Mr. Furley are so terrible. Yeah. As opposed to sort of like the commentary being that Jack as like a potential gay man would be so terrible. Like yeah. I know there's like awful depictions, but I'm just I'm just always so curious as to like sort of where that stuff lives in the legacy of like you know any kind of like sort of queer visibility in, like, 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s TV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching Three's Company as a kid and, like, not quite getting... Like, I knew it was funny for a reason, but I knew it wasn't, like, a good reason. Yeah. But now looking back, I was like, oh, yeah, that was kind of that was kind of shitty. I never really oh, watched like, it, so I can't... Yeah. It's really super shitty. Like, it's super, it is super shitty. But I always feel like they were trying to, like, say that, like... The old the the old men that had the problem with it were the shitty people. Yeah. Even though the actual act of like yeah like the anyway it's all very like I just I would like to read just a bunch of like awesome queer writers on depictions of complicated depictions of queerness in television through the sixties through like the nineties as like yeah I think that's like such a and I'm sure a lot of that writing does exist. I want it in a whole pop culture anthology. It would be amazing. <laughs> that would be great. I think it would be so great. I will help I, with that. I love this. How she's, you know, saying that it, she figured out what the most important thing in her I life is. And Xena's like, oh, it's me. I and then know. Gabrielle's like, no, nah, it was me. And she, looks, she, looks so, she looks so happy. I know. Like, oh. like, this is so gay. Oh, yeah. this is so gay. She was like, I love you. I know. <laughs> Gabrielle's like, oh. And just like how absolutely frantic she was when she thought she'd drowned, even though she's so obsessed with fishing right now. Like, I know. And just yeah. like the crushing. Hey, I like <laughs> 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 Yeah, the crushing, like, look on Zena's face. Yeah. Oh my god, so good. It's so good. Oh my. I mean, it kind of speaks to her, her level of, of 
strength too because she's fighting through the curse on some level and just like yeah. still gonna do the Xena thing and like save her wife and <laughs> yeah <laughs> the North Star fix thing. the North Star thing yeah oh god can we just get ready of Doctor is like the worst like it's yeah. just I'm glad you agree I have no interest in Doctor at all yeah I mean like let's face it I'm not really gonna have much interest in any kind of depictions of straight white men yeah let me know um, <laughs> cheers on any kind of, yeah like I just it's just here cheers yeah. cheers yeah I <laughs> A lot of Xena fans, though, like really like him as sort of like part of their family. Oh, like like the, the puppy, the puppy Even character. Because oh, like, he is yeah. supposed to be kind of part of their family, he shows up through the whole thing. But I and I get that, but I'm also just like, ugh, he's just one of those guys. He is that guy. He's that guy. He's a, he's Xander. Yeah, yeah he's I Xander. hate Xander. So, I hate Xander. I, mean, I so hate Xander so much. Oh my god. In my most recent rewatch of Buffy was my real like, oh wow, Xander's a piece of shit sometimes. Yeah. Like sometimes he's okay, but sometimes he is a piece of shit. Yeah. And overall he is ultimately a huge piece of shit. I oh yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. yeah. Anya deserves so much better. <laughs> Anya deserves a million times better. Like, oh my god. I, and I love mean, Anya. Yeah, me too. And I mean, yeah. And I always have to. I always feel like, like my my disinterest in depictions of straight white men are not because I don't think that there's anything of value there. Like I'm married to a straight white man, but that's all. That's I've had so much of it. We've yeah. all had so much of it. Yeah, I know. And like uh, they can sit down for about a hundred years, and yeah. that's fine. Everybody shut up for me. Yeah. And obviously, I mean, there. You know, there are great straight white men, but there are also a lot who are super not great. Even if they're not the worst. That's a thing. Just not great. Yeah, yeah, like, but we don't need more necessarily time spent with straight white men. Yeah, like, we don't. I'm we clearly ignore the entire scene with Joxer. Did not give a shit about that. Don't, I could no, skip no. every scene with Joxer. I yes. don't care. I do not care. Like, even when he's like flying in naked, whisking Gabrielle back and forth across the fucking jungle, I don't give a shit. I no. don't care. Yeah. The cutting of the hair, though, was fun. Yeah. My hair. <laughs> My little gold. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Those are some aggressive bangs they have on her. Like, Super aggressive. Wow. Both of them. I feel like they did something to Renee's to make it more aggressive than usual. Like, that is a bang and a half. It is because it's um, pulled back in a half pony? Oh, maybe because it's Wes. I, mean, I don't know, but like usually they're not quite so like far back. They don't start like halfway through <laughs> along her skull. I think it's that ha- is she, Does she always have that half pony? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like a braid or something. Yeah. She gets like a butch bob type thing in later nice. seasons. Yeah. yeah, that's great. And she gets her little size that she fights very fiercely with instead of just... Yeah, she loses oh. the staff and she gets uh, yeah. sized. I did not know the staff was part of her thing. Yep. Okay. It is. Cool, cool. Yeah, she I've does. definitely been Gabrielle for Halloween two times. I will show you one of my outfits when Please. we're done. Yeah, that yeah. sounds great. I I'm not going to model it because we don't have it anymore. That's no. what that sounds well, like. Well, and I was also like... <laughs> Literally, like 50 pounds. Do you know that you were invited over for this podcast? I've also just seen also, all of. Also, weird cosplay, apparently. All of Chloe's costumes <laughs> will be trotted out. It'll be great. What a Friday night. This is amazing. You know what? No other podcast taping will ever be as good as this. I just want to declare right now this is where we're at forever. Like, I'm really happy it. to hear that. <laughs> If anything, we have fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, there he is. Yep. 
Wish. Oh, God. No. Just, just buy. Do you ever Why does he, does he need to be naked now? They're just doing, like, just now. Well, I mean, it's, again, that sort of, like, emasculation thing. I mean, I think that's one of the only reasons maybe this character can kind of tolerate, like, I can tolerate, like, them staying at all. Or, you know, like, they're constantly, like, they constantly are the ones who are in the way, or he is in the way, Joxer. He's kind of useless. Yeah. He makes Xena work extra hard to, like, just basically survive. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, he, he thinks he has the sense of right and wrong and, and you know, justice oh, and morality, but also just like, no. Yeah, yeah. I totally thought before that one of them had um, a real bad Caesar cut, but actually they're wearing headbands, so I take oh, yeah. that back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought the most too. Headbands. All right. Yeah. Also, I say, I say this every time. I think most of the villains look like they're going to, like, Sin City or something. Oh, or yeah. like Leather Knight at, at Gorgamesh. Like, they're, they're in. Uh, I have my bachelorette party at um, uh, Tim Burton themed uh, Fetish Night at Sin City. Oh my Holy god. Shit. Yeah. That must have been amazing. It was great. There was like 10 of us. In, I was Corpse Bride. Nice. Um, yeah, there was, it was quite special. It was quite special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gabrielle's butt again. Yep. Okay, I say, I say this like every episode, but Lucy's face really makes this. She, epi- yeah, this, this she's whole great. Show. I think she's fairly underrated as a performer. Like, I agree. Like, yeah. honestly, after watching this, I'm like, oh, she's great. And I did like her on Parks and Rec. Obviously, she was great on Parks and Rec. She was good on the L Word for the brief time she was on. Oh, do you think she's gonna be on the reboot of the L Word? Uh, she played a cop who was oh. there to investigate the murder of Jenny, so I don't think so. I would like her to come back. I never watched the L Word. You never miss um, a whole lot. I mean, it was important <laughs> during the time sure. that it arrived, and certainly I love it, even though it is fucking terrible and problematic, and I can really only watch three episodes before I almost tear my hair out and have to stop for a while. But, it, like, I, you know, I have a great so you're fondness. looking forward to the, the <laughs> Oh, I am! I am! I will eat that shit up. <laughs> we, we, we were both really, really sick years ago, um, and the most we could do was go to the Safeway at the corner of uh, Davy and Cardero and buy, like, popsicles and orange juice and soup and then crawl back to our bed. <laughs> yeah. We were so sick. We were so, I don't know what happened, we were almost like pneumonia, so we just laid in bed for a literally two weeks eating popsicles and watching the L word amazing we just watched the entire series I was like I was deathly ill and I lost so much money because I wasn't working but I was just like if I can't do anything unless I'm gonna do nothing with you eat popsicles and watch the L word at least you weren't really spending any money because we weren't really doing anything besides eating popsicles like we said so (laughs) and it was winter so they were cheap quick question just like ask you to reflect on me for a second do you think it's part of my internalized sexism and internalized misogyny that I watched Queer as Folk but I never watched The L Word? Uh, possibly but it could have also just 100% been accessibility because Queer as Folk was on Showtime. Yes. Or Showcase. Showcase, Showcase. in Canada. The what L Word on? That was on HBO. Uh, oh yeah, I never had HBO. Yeah, so you, that was on Oh, special. so that was actually more of my poverty as yeah. opposed <laughs> Yeah. I ever okay, have cool, yeah. cool, cool, cool. It didn't um, it didn't air on a channel that anybody could get unless you had like yeah. fancy cable. Like the movie right. channel package yeah, on yeah. show. Okay, that all checks out then. Yeah. I thought I watched the L word on Showcase. Oh, it came on Showcase after oh, it well aired. After, yeah. Okay. Or it would air. I mean, in I the have Crave now, so I should be able to like yeah. watch the L word if I wanted to. I think you should just to get like a just get a sense. sneak peek into yeah. what we all 
dealt with it. No, I, I think yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it would be worth it. Like yeah, it, and then and they they did film here, and it does yeah. get super meta in the last. <laughs> season I guess when they're trying to film the movie and, she's, and one of them's like oh, I'm in Vancouver on location on this great house in Kits and I'm just like you're staying oh, okay <laughs> yeah. yeah no but, I gotta uh, see your nipples oh god he has very tiny nipples the tiniest nipples did something happen to them like it's I, I don't honestly I don't lick the licking is bad the licking is disgusting the licking's bad like, why does Gabrielle, why does Gabrielle have, have this? this? Like, this is not something that she would wear on a regular day. She only ever wears this outfit. Look, maybe this is for a special occasion. Maybe there's some sort of role play we are not privy to. It's like Xena after dark. We're going to get this yeah. in fan fiction later. <laughs> this is Aphrodite outfit. Like, did she steal it from Aphrodite? Possibly. Actually, that's a possibility, yeah. Gabrielle! It's not like they carry around, like, a huge tickle trunk. You're right, and they should, though, because that would probably come in handy, frankly, with some yeah. We've actually had this conversation, like, where do they get clothes? Like, whenever they go to a new village and they, like, blend in with the locals, I'm like, where did you get the clothes? Also, if you bought them, where do you get the money? <laughs> and I have this theory that Xena's, like, a bouncer at certain certain bars they and stop just in. Takes, yeah. And she's like, yeah, I'll, I'll work for a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and Gabrielle gets, like, you know, the scene at the bar and just, like, writes, and then Xena's like, yeah, I'll find out you're drunk, I know you're drunk. <laughs> Perfect, yeah. The, the close-ups of the bugs... Tug Tug is the worst euphemism for fucking I've that ever is, heard in my life. That is so gross. So, gross. so bad. I think I actually so blocked that out because I now I'm yeah. horrified all over again. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like a new level of horror. Fuck, she what? She she can't. That's nice. <laughs> I like how Gabrielle is just like saying all these really true facts about Zena's love for her in uh-huh. such a nonchalant way. Like, oh, she totally. I mean, I'm like, I know you're under this thrall, but still, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. no, exactly, for sure. Hundred percent accurate. And again, so why is there a fake spider on his little? Is this someone's Halloween costume? There's like a fake scarab or something on the. Yeah, there's. That is a definite dollar store Halloween oh headdress. Oh my god, I've literally never noticed that yeah. before. Also, this fucking All of this super fucking cut. archival footage of animals <laughs> in the wild. Why does he talk like the Tarzan, but like... Like, what the fuck? That's not an eagle, man. That is some I mean, kind of fucked is, up bird. This is just all kinds of racist Tarzan speak. Yeah. Like, please stop. And like, how how does he suddenly have this ability to form full sentences? Because that was a full sentence. Yeah. I'm, what is all of this? I forgot about that. I think I actually. Yeah, I mean, like, what the fuck? <laughs> Continuity has never been like a big thing for these guys. No, no. <laughs> this is this is new levels. This is. I mean, that is a hundred percent George's jungle moment right that there. That is. <laughs> I love how Xena swoops her yeah, away. From just, yeah, <laughs> this is such. Oh my god, a nut crushing joke. Yeah. Oh my god, but just so oh. many levels of nut crushing, like just <laughs> all the way down. Yeah, that is a Bugs Bunny level of nut crushing. You saved me, I, I thought they were gonna kiss. I mean, too. <laughs> when I first watched, they're gonna make out. Holy yeah. fuck. No, like, platonic friends hold each other like that. I mean, look, I don't want to tell you how I do it with my friends. (laughs) I mean, I'm extremely cuddly, but that's still... Like, I'm a very touchy, cuddly friend, but that's still, like, a lot. They're, like, gazing, like, so close. Yeah, it's a lot. I think it's the intimate gazing. Yeah. That's actually, yeah. Yeah. The intimate eye contact is a lot. Like, together with the the touching and the clutching and the... Yeah, the gentle boob caresses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, this for Gabrielle Best lipstick. Yes. <laughs> so is this in the past? Or is this in the future? When is this? Is there a time to this? Ancient Greece. Ancient? Okay. Yeah. Okay, but, but also, like, you know, every, like, Jesus and Caesar and everybody. Jesus, Caesar, Boudicca. Um... Like some sort of early Israelite deity, I don't know. Like every every sort of like way in the past, character yeah, shows like our person shows up all in, and within this sort of yeah. So everyone's hanging out. Everyone's yeah. hanging out, and Xena probably invented literally everything, including, Stonehenge, including Stonehenge, modern medicine, tracheotomies, tracheotomies. Um, I mean, honestly, I believe it. She is a very competent, capable person. <laughs> yeah. But this actually, I had this thought one night when we were watching it, and I was like, so Xena, you know, Stonehenge, you know, medicine, everything, Hippocratic Oath. Um, how much of history was actually done by a woman, but attributed to a man because they were just the norm? Dude, I am, that's literally all I think about all the time. <laughs> I Honestly, I just, all the time, whatever, and I think that's one of the reasons, like, I always instinctively hated, um, history and like I would just always hear about all these men doing all these things and I'd be like mm, that doesn't you know what that doesn't feel right yeah no, I'm like, my gut check tells me that a woman was involved <laughs> and yeah. so that's why I'm so interested all the time and like finding cause like like you hear about like these guys that like spent like oh I invented this this and this and this and it turns out like their wives or their research assistants or whomever yeah. actually did all the bulk of the work yeah. but they took credit for everything and it's it's fucking horrific. Like, I just... I, it makes me so mad. Oh, yeah. I, on a similar note, uh, have you seen the Warrior Women series on Netflix? Lucy hosts it. I haven't, no. Uh, I'm not sure if it's on Netflix still. Okay. Okay. But, but yeah. it's, it's about, like, warrior women in history. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's uh, Boudicca, Grace O'Malley, Joan of Arc. Um, I think Anne Bonny might be on it too. Like it's just like cool badass ladies in history. Yeah. So there's like re- reenactments, and then Lucy Lawless hosts and like talks to all these historians and all these like, like carries, carries big gets, swords like, around and puts gets, on suits of armor. Like right, yeah, rides horses in like full suits of armor and like Amazing. gets road smeared on her face and wow, yeah, it's yeah. pretty great. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to see like a cool man in history, there's a thing to yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, I always just sort of presume that like. Women have absolutely been written out of history, and so that we, like, basically are going to spend maybe the next like hundred to two hundred years unearthing these like lost women of history, and like, God, I hope so. Course correcting all the canons, course correcting like music. I mean, I think I'll like honestly, that's half of. Actually, I'd say that's the bulk of what I feel my job is as like a music critic and a music writer is yeah. just inserting women back into the canon oh yeah that they've been erased from I mean in the 90s like it, they, Sarah McLaughlin said this so many times like I wouldn't get played because they would tell me we're already playing Tori or are we playing Shania yeah <laughs> it was just like how insane is that and that's like, not but even it's, that long ago it's no like, and but it's still, still happening it's still happening in 2019 like exactly. it's just wild like I just yeah sure it, there's and honestly like we're just waiting for a generation to die out and hopefully then the next three generations under them unlearning all of the yeah. horrific things that they have been, you know, have been imparted upon them. Oh, sure. Because, yeah. like, I feel like I'm unlearning all the time. Yeah, I think, I'm, I think it's, it's a really interesting fact of our existence that we are constantly learning things, like new technology, new this, new this, but also unlearning all the really shitty things that the older generations have imparted to us. And... 
yeah. I think with our learning new things, that generation is getting mad that we're we're kind of getting rid of the old ways, so to speak. Oh, they're and, always mad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. You know, the dollar it's... is failing and mortgages are expensive. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that shit works. <laughs> I mean, like, I just, you know, particularly with white supremacy being threatened and sort of like the heteronormative hold on the world, like, all of it being threatened, apparently. Yeah. Just by, you know, people being able to live lives of their own choosing. Yeah. What a wild thing. Like, if your feeling of, if your own, you know, um, ability to move freely in the world is based entirely upon the oppression of others. <laughs> Maybe fucking check that. Like, yeah. oh my god. Maybe just some stop. time. Think yeah. about that a little. Yeah. Have like, a cup of tea and have a think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, just. Oh, I'm serious. Like, what is this, like, bug on the thing? Like, this looks like something you would literally buy at Spirit Halloween. Yeah, I'm gonna say their prop budget crapped out. I think the fire from the last episode really cut the, the yeah. prop budget. <laughs> like, also, their diamond does not look that impressive. Uh, no, like, it's from the dollar store. Yeah. Super big time. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah, that is 100% just like, oh, we found an oversized diamond in a, like, a little gumball machine. <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do with it? I mean, I'm thrilled that this kite looks as authentic as it does. Yeah, I mean, the kite, like, that's, you know, that might have been someone's, like, homework project. So, <laughs> someone's like, my the, kid made a kite, let's use it. The prop kid is like, look, my kid loves this fucking kite. Can we just put it in the show just to... I honestly thought she was going to end up um, skating across the lake. <laughs> I mean, and the implication, going back to the fact that she invented everything, is that she invented kites in this episode as well. Yeah. 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 More power to her. I mean... The villains always feel so secondary, like, especially in these kinds of episodes where they're just kind of, like, throwaway villains and not not part of the larger arc. It's like, who even pays attention to this? Like, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. no. Besides Kalisto, I can't think of many female villains they've really had. The Dirty Half Dozen, was it that one they had the... Or, they had one where they had that, that blonde warrior chick. Oh, um, the Jin. Not the Jin. Uh, no. Not from Hilda. No. Oh, this is earlier in the series. Yeah, I can't think of really a lot of female villains. Usually dudes. Which I mean, that checks out. Yeah. <laughs> except for Kalisto, who is. Yeah, except for, know, that's what I'm saying. Aside yeah. from Kalisto and that one chick, who wasn't actually a villain, it was just like a criminal Xena hired. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. I no, I, I know which episode you mean. Yeah, they have to go, like, they're all working together and they all have to piece the map and yeah. all that. Um, yeah, I just can't think of. Yeah. It's basically men are the problem, is what we're getting at with Xena. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> and the reason that Kalisto is a villain is because Xena fucked her up really bad in the... Uh... Because of PTSD, essentially, is why she's a villain. Oh. Because of Xena's wrongdoings in the past. So, oh. but still very, Zena, like, focused Does she have anti-hero? No, she's not an anti-hero. Not not a... This is like a redemption No, she was literally, like, a mm. warrior who slaughtered... Villages and countries and so blood on the hands kind of thing. Yeah. So um, this is her redemption story. Basically, the show is a redemption story and a love story between Zena and Gabrielle, and that's and how Gabrielle helps her, and then how Zena, um, you know, helps Gabrielle get on her path. And it's lovely. It's nice. I know. (laughs) So nice. You got away, huh? Yeah, but it worked. Everything worked beautifully, Gabrielle, except you still got away like you with the diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I love Renee's face. Yeah. 
Like, look, that's so oh. shitty. No, it's not. That's no. <laughs> you were right to think that only I should wear that. Like, that's just. Where are you gonna wear? Like, you're just gonna drag your neck down. I was just gonna down. say, when, where will you wear it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what kind of fancy ass ball are you gonna go oh to God, when you're yeah. tube top? <laughs> oh, she's gonna. Oh yeah, this is yeah. Xena magic gonna fling it back into the sky. Yeah, I just don't so understand. So what are you doing? I'm sending the North Star back to the heavens before nightfall. Hopefully, the power of the Mystic Dawn will have guided home. Was it just a hurricane or a typhoon, and they had to like factor in the weather with these episodes? Because like the wind was nuts in the last one too. <laughs> oh, that's cute. It'll be a symbol of your beauty for all time to come. See, just like. It's too bad that the people can't see the real thing. <laughs> I think Zena sprayed her eyes. She rolled them so hard there. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot we're supposed to kind of narrate this too, because like, oh, it's fine. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm really, I'm really entranced. Yeah, that's I, good. You know, I the fish thing. So like, again, I do not think the payoff for the fish thing is as great as Gabrielle's story, but no, it's, it makes it better. Yeah, like. <laughs> I just, yeah. I mean, it's like, like I mean, it kind of how just... the fuck tight was the tension on that rope? <laughs> Again, she's very strong. She's very, very strong. <laughs> but like, she didn't throw the fish. No, I mean, but you, if you look back, if, if if you can go back at some point, I'll you can see when she puts the the rope over the oh yes, the, okay, the yes, yeah. I see. Yeah, but it's just like it's just laying there. Yeah, there's, there's no tension on it. <laughs> yeah. Now, this part is, I think, just so fascinating. Yeah. And by the way, her brother died because he was kind of like fighting to protect their village. And oh, okay. Thank you. Gabrielle, there's something that's bothering you that you need to get in touch with. The way she says that is so good. Look! Oh, look at your belt. Like you actually drew yours very, very similar to that. Oh yeah. I, d- I had a styrofoam belt that I colored with markers and put like burlap tape on. It's nice meta commentary. I'm sure to what like was happening perhaps with the fans at the time. <laughs> Gabrielle, from now on, I'm gonna make sure you get a lot more credit for the things you do. That's a promise. That's so nice. I know. Yeah. Inside releases from the spell. That's all it took. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Let's get out of here, babe. <laughs> Let's go, babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So this is this is how Zena made the constellation. Oh, uh, so she made. Okay, cool. The we don't know where Joxer is, and no one cares. Yeah, no one gives a shit. <laughs> no one gives a shit. Joxer, I don't know. They don't give a shit either. No, no. they don't. They didn't even acknowledge the fact that they probably should help him. <laughs> I don't know about you. The only reason I do any good at all in this world is because I do it with you. Oh, that's so cute! Oh, my God! <laughs> like, that is like a serious married couple conversation. Oh, serious. You don't have to do that. It's nice to be reminded that you feel that way. No, oh, they have such nice conversations. They do. Like this is, oh, there he is. exactly oh, oh, how a marriage oh, oh, should function. Yeah. Exactly. I think you still need to do something about Joxer. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> they don't care. They're like, I'm gonna have sex first. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah, they're, no, they're... that's the thing, like it's just so nice. Like it's so romantic, <laughs> it's so sweet, it's so thoughtful. 
It's like, it is exactly the beats of a relationship that you want to replicate in a marriage, which is to, like, make sure you talk about feeling taken for granted before it becomes, like, this big thing that blows up in your face, you know? And they're always talking like this. They're always checking in with each other, talking about each other's feelings, blah, blah, blah. They're not perfect. They have some pretty bad times during the rift. Yeah. Um... But, like, for example, when Xena drags Gabrielle behind a horse, that's not great. Yeah, that's, um, that does sound like a bigger conversation yeah. <laughs> but between them. But yeah. also, uh, Gabrielle lied about killing her demon daughter, and then demon daughter killed Xena's son, and then, uh, so that was yeah. a big deal. Yeah. So they've got some, some child stuff to work but, out. But they yeah. work through it. That's good. Yeah. Um... The, like, I mean, I just think all the time, especially when you have a situation where people give, like, I don't know if it is the same for you two, but I know that with Carlos and I, I'm more outgoing and I am more naturally, um, I'm more naturally sort of like the center of attention and he is much more comfortable in the background. Mm-hmm. And, but I think like people don't always understand, like, how there's just no way I could do half of the things that I do um, to the extent and, and to, like, the quality that I do them without him and his help and his support and, like, his, like, he's so critical to a lot of those, um, just any kind of, like, success that I have. And it's not that I give him the credit for it. Like, the credit is mine. But our relationship is certainly, like, um is one that, like, is very equal. Yep. And he has a big role in a lot of any kind of success that I might have. Because he, you know, like, for a year I'm working on a book, he, who, who's taking care of all of us? Like, you know? Yeah. He's taking care of us, you know? It's not... I'm not doing anything. I'm working. Yeah. We don't have quite the same scenario because both of us, frankly, don't have a huge amount of commitments outside of, again... Work podcast. work and this work podcast, podcast and, and you guys, yeah. And, you know, our friends and family or whatever. But um, definitely, I think one of the things that you're touching on is the sort of the idea that, you know, a relationship can be equal, but it's not all equal, meaning 50-50 at, at every given time. No, it has yes. to be agile and it has to, yeah. So, you know, if someone needs extra support for whatever reason, then it can be like 80-20 for a while and mm-hmm. then it'll come back around a little while yeah, later. Yeah, like when you're when you're going through like a rough mental health patch, I'm just like, okay, do you want me to do this? I'll do the cleaning. Do you want, yeah. do you want to go for a walk? Do you want to, do you want to go grab a beer and like just talk about why you feel like this? Yeah. And when I when I broke my ankle and was stuck in the bed for two months, you had to do a lot of stuff, and I would I would do what I could, I could, but like mm-hmm. you were kind of like taking care of me. Um, and then you know when you get sick, I'm the one who's like, go the fuck to sleep. I'll make your tea. Yeah. I'll make your soup. Go lay well, down. And taking and care not... of each other and showing up yeah. for each other, like it's so it's so vital. It's so important. And I think like um, a lot of times you you can think that like it can get it can get a little bit. Um, it is easy to take someone for granted mm-hmm. if you're not constantly sort of like thinking and, and working and relationships take so much work. And I love seeing even just this in one episode that I've watched the way that they work and yeah. like the way that they work together. It's really lovely. It's actually a really mm-hmm. healthy relationship when you get down to the, the core of it. Like it's just a very, and it's a very healthy queer relationship. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's healthier than a lot of stuff we saw on the L word. <laughs> it is. 
I believe you. I yeah. really, like, I, yeah, 100% the, believe you. Basically everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 90% at least, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I feel like we're going to do, like, episodes here and there about the L word when it comes back, just because I'm just, it's going to have to happen. <laughs> well, and I think, like, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I just, particularly if you really, like, you know, are thinking about things that resonated with you, and, like, I always think about, um you know, seeing yourself in pop culture, like how, how yeah. important that is. And, um, you know, one of the things that Lisa and I have talked about on our podcast is like, she loves rom-coms <laughs> and it took me a long time to feel positively about the genre of the movies yeah. mm-hmm. just because their rom-coms are fantasies for thin people like they're just they're not and, and thin, straight, thin people. straight people yeah thin straight people and often thin white straight people yeah. you know yeah. like so it's not a space where um and particularly because i was such like an angry young feminist and like kind of like gate gatekeeper type feminist who you know when you're it's like 1993 or 1994 and you're 15 years old and you're figuring out your feminist identity um you know, there is sort of like that inclination to latch on to certain kinds of attitudes that like love makes you weak, mm. um, which was also evident in a lot of rom coms because people make stupid fucking decisions. Oh yeah, in rom coms all all the time. And so, I, like, it's I've come to like appreciate them now more, way more now than I ever did before. Yeah, but it's um like those moments where you can first see some semblance of even if it's if even if you don't realize it, even if it's like not fully aware, like see something that you secretly identify with or or publicly identify with in pop culture reflected back to you, it's so powerful. Yeah, and I think that's like why Miss Piggy always meant some. I mean, I've just literally always fat toddler, fat child, <laughs> fat teen, fat woman. Like I am, and I I don't I'm not afraid of that. I'm not like I've. It's been very helpful for the last ten years to see that really reframed for me in pop culture a lot and Mm -hmm. also like one of the reasons that I love Miss Piggy so much is because um as complicated as she was um you know she was very good at hiding her insecurity behind a great bravado yeah that was really wonderful one of my favorite things about Miss Piggy from the Muppets Take Manhattan yeah. When she's working at the, the makeup counter with Joan uh-huh. Rivers. Mm-hmm. And she, Joan Rivers is just like, they're both like floundering and struggling because there's this douchey guy telling them what to do. Yeah. And they just like lose their shit. Yes. And they're like, you know what? Fuck you, man. We're going to have fun and embrace our wackiness. And I uh-huh. was like, that is so fucking good. It is the only time Joan Rivers has ever been charitable to a fat person. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is probably true. Like, rest in peace, Joan. You gave the world a lot of good stuff, but... Man, did you fucking hate fat people? Oh my god, yeah, that's actually probably true. Sorry, that is actually I true, just, yeah. like, I like Joan Rivers a lot, but I mean, she's, oh, yeah. she's another one of those people who I've, I've had to sort of, like, like with the asterisk, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like, oh, I like you, you hate fat people. And in fact, actually, one of the things about, like, seeing Michelle Obama last night, so I've always liked her a lot, but I was always just so frustrated that her... Um, thing on healthy eating and exercise was constantly framed as her war on childhood obesity. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. she even phrased it as such. Yeah. And I was like, you are too smart and cool a woman yeah. to to do this. 
And so one of the things I was so grateful for last night, seeing her, she never once personally in her conversation with Robin Roberts, who's so great. Oh, wow, cool. Um, never once framed it and didn't even bring up the word obesity. She framed everything as um, healthy eating, which, again, has its own complicated terminology. Yeah. But she framed it as healthy eating and joy for movement. That's Which great. is such a better That's so, framing so much better to than say that. saying, talking about childhood obesity and like participating in fat shaming culture. Because that's always been, like, my little thing where I've always been like, I love you, asterisk, you know? Yeah. And I do love her so much. And everything she said was just really inspiring and great and interesting. Just just to be able to be moving into a place where um, I think, hopefully, all of us are being able maybe to, like, ask people to be a little bit more accountable of the kinds of language that they use. Yeah. and. The kinds of things that they talk about and the kinds of things they, they decide to make their pet projects. Yep. Um, and to, you know, no longer have to constantly be someone who, like, I love you, this person, I asterisk, you know? Yeah, I'm hoping so that's nice. how it's going to be with, with New L Word and with queer media going forward. So it's not like... I love it even though there's X problem. Or I love it even Fingers though... Crossed, yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. I don't have a lot of high hopes <laughs> considering... Do you know who's involved in the L Word reboot? Uh, Jennifer Beals, Kate Moaning, Leisha Haley. No, but like on the, the creative side. They're uh, the executive producers. Eileen Chaikin is still involved in some capacity, but not... But in not a very... Not a very hands-on uh, kind of remember, way. I don't remember. Claws her, on, I don't remember. Claws on. Yeah, I don't remember her name, but she's <laughs> but she's basically said that it's going to be a bit less cis and a bit more brown. So hopefully, okay. yeah, hopefully they have a good. better trans storyline than last time because that was tragic. It was awful. So bad. Yeah, it's on Crave. It's really, just, yeah. Yeah. really, really astoundingly awful. Yeah, I like I like to watch it now. Let's like play the game. I spot the lesbians are recognized. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We watched we watched it, and there was one they did a oh god some night at a bar, and I'm watching. I'm like, that's Lick. Oh my god. Oh yeah. Lick. I did. I spent some time with friends at Lick. It was it was a good place. I went to Lick one night, and I was just looking around, and I was like, this is from the Albert. Oh my god. And we actually we were there to see Jennifer Beals. <laughs> she was in town for something, and it was like Jennifer Beals is here to do whatever. And like it was just like literally every lesbian between like eighteen and forty were there, just like uh-huh. jammed in. And I was like, this is probably if there's a fire, we're all gonna die. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I mean, there's so many venues in Vancouver that were like that. The Cobalt. Yes. Oh my I god. I missed Cobalt so much. I miss it too. R.I.P. It's nice that we didn't die there though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I probably drank enough that I should have died there. <sighs> yeah. I, a long time ago, I used to teach um, youth, and I would go to the Cobalt after I got off teaching at night. It would be like, I don't know, seven thirty, eight o'clock, and I'd go, and uh, I would run into all the ones that had fake IDs. <laughs> and I'd be like, all right, you stay on that side of the bar, and I stay on this side, before the remodel of the oh, okay. Cobalt. I'm like, you stay on that side, I stay on this side. We don't. We we're don't not. It. We're not hanging out. No. Like, you're you're 16 years old. Yeah. I'm not getting. I mean, I was only like 22 or 23 at the time. I was like, I'm not getting drunk with you. No, that's not. Or, I'm sorry. No. <laughs> like, I, got, I know how bad it could go. Yeah, I got recognized uh, after Cobalt Karaoke one week. Oh yeah, it was that much of a performance. Uh, it was on Mondays. Sounds epic. Uh, my friend Benny and I did Queer by Garbage. 
Oh, nice. It was a lot of ass men. I have to be, like, blind drunk to do karaoke. Uh-huh. Because I can't sing, and I have terrible stage fright. So I <laughs> somehow found myself on stage with Benny, and I was just like, what are we doing, queer? Cool, I know the words, let's go. So I went into a brewery two days later, so this was years ago, one of the only ones in East Van at the time, and I'm in line, and the chick at the counter, she's like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, uh, good, I don't know you. She's like, yes, I had the cobalt on Monday, you were great, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, East Van community, queer community, yeah. God. Small. Small. So small. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll make the joke. We see a lesbian in public. Oh, do we know that one? Chloe's half time. Oh, yeah. That's so-and-so's friend. Jesus. All right. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> we were literally on fourth one day, and uh, I was like, oh, do we know that one? You look at me. Yeah, we met her like two weeks ago at the party, and I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm vaguely <laughs> insulted when I see a stylish fat woman, and I don't know her. <laughs> There's an excuse to go be your friend, though. I mean, yes, but I, you know, sometimes they're from out of town, so. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, tourists. I got, I, look, I know a lot of people, I don't want to know more people right now. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta cap it. Carlos makes a drink all the time. He's like, look, you're gonna have to one and one in, one out policy. Like, if you get a new friend, how are you, like, how are you keeping track of these people? I'm like, I'm not. It's terrible. I, but I, I just like people. I can't yeah. help it. I yeah. I get that. Yeah. I like I've, some people. I've weeded out so many of the bad ones. Oh, we've so, definitely done a call. Like I've, like I really only have good people in my life now, which is oh, same. Yeah, Chef's yeah. kiss. It's so, so good. good. Yeah, so good. Like just moving here, I think having a fresh start, and then we're just like, you know what? We're just gonna cut out all the dead weight. Bye. <laughs> bye. 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 Thanks for coming. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? Definitely the most respectful thing we could ever do is refer to our former friends as dead weight. I love it. I love it. I'm really into it. Well, it's like I'm not going to put all this effort into a friendship that's super one sided or that's not worth it or that's clearly not, you know, being reciprocated. And I was like, you know what? I'm done. Look, you've seen how Zena and Gabrielle yeah. model. Good relationships. Yeah, there you go. You don't need to replicate something terrible and awful. No. Nope. We don't need to have joxers in our lives, basically. <laughs> Get the fuck rid of joxers. I mean, joxers is very, very loyal. I'll give them that, but ugh. Yeah. <laughs> Look, if loyalty... I don't know. Like, loyalty, I think, occasionally can be overrated if they bring nothing else to the table. I mean, that's true. That's true, yeah. Like, if you are just having to constantly deal with like monkey dude yeah in the background all the time and you have to, to hump your leg yeah it's not I didn't lick you yeah you take, <laughs> no. take care of the man baby there you go the, no doxers in your life that's the big problem with Xander as a character all the time is yeah. like he's just constantly like trying to fuck one of them yeah like stop it put your pants on and shut up this bullshit friend zone nonsense that like oh god the only episode I liked him in truly truly loved him in was uh, Buffy versus Dracula when Dracula had him under the thrall. That was great. Oh, the that Dark was Master. Vader. So <laughs> he, he, he was really... He, and I mean, occasionally I do like Xander. But, like, for the most part, not at all. But yeah. I like it when he's actually, like, legit their friend and not just an erection in cargo shorts. Yep. And I like it when he is... <laughs> this is actually the most accurate description. <laughs> I was just listening to you so seriously and then I really thought about what you said. And I'm like, oh, that is the most accurate description. Of, you should tweet that to the Buffering Podcast. I think they would like But I just also, like, I just, I just really, like... I like um, the episode, I, unfortunately, because I love the um, episode where uh, the in the musical episode 
Okay. And I love him and Anya's number. Like, I think it's great. I do, too. Sarah hates the musical episode. Oh, I, I love, love the, musical the musical episode. episode. Love it, love I it, love it. it. I can't I do love, it. I love musicals. Uh-huh. And I love the musical episode. Exactly. I, yeah. I love the musical episode. Well, the first one, anyway, of Xena. There's two musical There's episodes. There's two musical episodes? Yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> I'm going to have to watch those now, because I love... I am a, such a sucker for a good musical when episode. We, when we get to them, you can come back and... and okay, please, because yeah. I would love to watch... I love, like... Well, we we've had requests that we have to do them, so yes. When, when we get do you to them, just hate musicals? Ah, uh, I like Chicago. <laughs> that's not liking musicals. That's, that's that's you very specifically enjoy <laughs> melodies that have to do with killing men. Yeah, <laughs> that's not that's not a love that is, of that musicals. That is specifically that is, what I like. It's super specific. I like, like the cell block tango. <laughs> you, yeah, I was like, you like the cell block tango when and, you're good to mama. Um. Oh, what's and what's the specific term? But like, um. It's not feminism. There's a, a specific term about like just basically like hating men. Misandry. Misandry. Yes, you like music. Yeah. M- musical misandry. That's yes. all you like. I mean, okay. I grew up on Riot Girl, so yeah, fair. That's really fair. <laughs> I wrote my thesis on Slater Kinney. Like, come on now. No, that all that all checks out. You're right. It really checks out. It really checks out. It's fine. It's totally great. And Zeno was my favorite show growing up. So hey. Yeah. No, all of it works yeah. out. I, this this magnificent creature before you definitely has a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> and 100 is just like checks all the boxes. I mean, honestly, I'm really excited to come back for the musical. Yeah, episodes. we'll definitely have you back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that. Thank you very much for coming. Thank you. Thank appreciate you so much. It. I really also appreciate the spread. It's really again, you cannot expect the same thing when you come on Pop This. We tape at the library, and uh, you get no cheese or wine. That's okay. I mean, we have so to have the, the setup, so you know. No, I like this. This is great. This is this is a real yeah. And I'm really looking forward to the fashion show after we press. Oh, I don't think you actually have the stuff. Do you actually? Have the, I, I think the belt is in there. Cool. No, I will show you the picture. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw the belt. As soon, you can, you can as, soon the belt as we out. press stop, I'm really looking forward to this like pictorial fashion show. It's great. Uh, anyway, thank you for listening. Uh, you can find us on the social medias: Warriors, Bards, and Brews, uh, Tumblr, WBB underscore Podcast for Instagram and Twitter. And what's the Gmail? WBB Podcast One at Gmail. At Gmail. Podcast One. Because WBB Podcast <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. Yeah. So I was like, who the fuck stole this? Who the fuck are those people? I think a Christian podcast. Did we look them up? Oh, and Christian I podcast? hope to God you guys are like, they're getting your fan mail. I, I hope that's I, great. I think there's like a wine and bards podcast maybe or something like that. I don't know. Just wine and Shakespeare? I don't know. Look, I can be a guest on that podcast too. I have a lot of interest, so it's fine. It's really fine. Oh my god. Okay, so we'll have you back on for the musicals. That'll Please, be fantastic. I would love awesome. to. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.